this week is make him count based on Psalm 90:12, which says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And we talked about time last night and how regardless of who you are or where you come from or what your story is or how many people you have in your family, we all have 24 hours in a day. And it actually is quite significant how you spend your time because one day we're going to die. And honestly, it's not really going to matter the things that we think will matter. I truly don't believe we'll ever stand face to face with Jesus Christ and be like, oh man, Jesus, did you see how many followers I had on Instagram? Isn't that amazing? You know? Like, we're not going to be like, oh, Jesus, snap. That Snapchat streak with my best friend. Did you see that? Like, I don't really think that any of that is going to matter. But if we're being honest, that's how you and I live our lives. Focused on all the wrong things and all the wrong places and all the wrong people. And the whole time, the clock is ticking and the sand is falling. And we are either numbering our days and gaining a heart of wisdom and living our best life. Or we're watching the clock asking what's next. Wasting our lives. It matters how you spend your time. Two billion people in the world who don't know Jesus Christ, and we want to sit around and play games with sin and be addicted to social media and our cell phones, and I'm talking to myself first and foremost, instead of getting in a word, instead of worshiping, instead of pursuing the things that matter. Your clothes will not matter in heaven. Your social status will not matter in heaven. Your circle of best friends will not matter in heaven. But here's the line most of us live life with. Oh, I'll wait till heaven to get to know Jesus. I'm saved. I'm in. And we treat it like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. But really, the reality is God created you because he loves you and he wants you. And he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. And he actually has secrets in his heart that nobody knows. And he wants to tell you those secrets. He, he wants to tell you those hidden things, the, the deep things of his heart, the dreams of his heart. But we miss it because we're like, la, 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 la. <laughs> you know, like the little kid's soccer game when there's like this epic game going on, there's some little kid out chasing a butterfly. <laughs> We've seen those. But, well, that was some of you true. But that's how we are in our walk with God, isn't it? Don't we miss the big picture all the time? We miss it. You and I will either waste our lives watching the clock, asking what's next, or we will number our days, gaining a heart of wisdom, and in so doing, living our best life. I want to talk to you tonight about a guy by the name of Samson. Everyone say, hey, Samson. Hey, Samson. And uh, I need to give you a little background. This is coming out of Judges, um, the book of Judges, but primarily tonight we're going to look at chapter 13 and a few others. But basically the Israelites, you guys remember the Israelites, right? They were God's people, and they were the ones that God split the Red Sea for. And and the Israelites were the ones who um, God rained down fresh manna from heaven so that they could have something to eat, right? Like, God did all these crazy, incredible things. Those were the Israelites. Well, the Israelites were being punks to God again. And they were doing the wrong thing. Everyone say, dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. Sounds a lot like me. 
and maybe you. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And so God is like, man, i got to punish these Israelites. They're not listening. They're not getting it. And so the Bible actually says that God turned the Israelites over to the Philistines for 40 years. Now, the Philistines were big, bad bullies. And they didn't like the Israelites, and they didn't like God. But this was part of God's discipline for the Israelites. This was part of God's plan to wake the Israelites up. Because oftentimes, when you and I are in hardship, it kind of gets our attention. Right? Nobody prays like when you're in the middle of a tough trial. Right? Everything's going good, man. We're not praying. We're like, oh, man, I'm coasting. I'm queen of my world. And then, boom, as soon as someone dies or as as someone gets a divorce or there's cancer, we start praying. And we start asking questions. And so God throws the Israelites into the mix with the Philistines. But all along, God had a plan to rescue the Israelites. Because he's a good father. See, he's not just going to send you through the ringer and not have a plan of getting you out of the ringer. That's just who he is. He's not a punk. God is purposeful through the plan of pain. He doesn't waste the hard things of your life. He uses it to shape you and to mold you. So this is where Samson comes in, okay? Israelites are under the control of the Philistines for 40 years, and God raises up a young boy by the name of Samson. Now here's what you need to understand about Samson. Samson's parents weren't able to have kids. And Samson's mom, before Samson was ever around, was actually barren. And the Bible says in Judges 13 that one day she was out in the field, And that an angel of God appeared to her and said, woman, take courage. God is going to give you a son. She's like, oh, okay. So she goes home and says, hey, baby cakes. Uh, This guy who had the appearance of an angel, he was good looking, said that I'm going to have a son. Now, if I'm her husband, I'm like, You're not going back to that 7-Eleven tomorrow. I don't care who you're talking to. <laughs> you're talking crazy. <laughs> and so, but, but that's, not what, um, that's not what he says. He says, tell me more what he said. And so he goes out, and basically, Samson's mom and dad have an encounter with an angel of God. And the angel says, God is going to give you a child. And his parents take it so seriously. They're like, okay, tell us. What is his mission? What is his purpose in life? What do we call him? What are we going to do with him? And and so the angel says this. um, The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, which is Samson's dad, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine. Translation, no raisins, no grapes. Neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her observe. And so, basically, the angel says, this is going to be a special child. He's going to be a man that's going to be used by God. So, because of that, don't eat these certain things. Don't drink these certain things. Set him apart. And he also said, the boy is to never cut his hair. So, his parents say, okay. They say, thank you. They say, hey, uh, let's prepare a meal for you. Because they didn't quite understand that it was an angel. So uh, his parents go and prepare a meal, and and it's super cool because it says that they put the meal on the altar, and and everything went up in flames just like that, including the angel. And and so his parents bow down on the ground. 
because they realized that they just saw an angel of God. They realized that it was holy ground and, and that God was speaking. And so um, from the start, Samson's life was dedicated to God. Um, Samson grew in strength as a young boy. The Bible says that as his hair grew, his strength grew. And it says that he was able to kill a lion with his bare hands. Now, either that's true or that's false. But I'm saying if that's true, snap. <laughs> I wish Samson would have been here to help set up some of this stuff the other day. Well, actually, I didn't really do nothing. So. <laughs> but it would have been helpful, you know. <laughs> I just had a uh, side squirrel. Uh, it would have been helpful to have Samson, like, unload the luggage yesterday, right? Like, it would have been helpful to have Samson do some things around camp that they need help with. And so, Samson's hair grew, but not only did his hair grow, his strength grew. And he grew strong. The Bible also says that one time Samson defended himself against 1,000 Philistines. Y'all, I cannot defend myself against one person, let alone 1,000. That's how strong he was. Man, he had like, he had these boulders on his arms, and he was strong. And it was all part of God's plan. But the rule was, Samson could never cut his hair. Also, as Samson grew older, Samson took notice in girls. Ooh la la. So, this is part of life, and Samson would see girls, and he'd be like, man, she's kind of cute. Or, I don't know about that one. But it says that there was one. <laughs> that was unnecessary, Tara. Really? Come on. It says that there was one girl in particular that Samson liked. Her name? Delilah. Everyone say hello, Delilah. Hello, Delilah. There's a radio personality, and her name is Delilah. I used to listen to her back in the day. And she would play, like, sweet. How many of you have heard of Delilah, the radio personality? Okay, fantastic. She would play, like, love songs, and Willie from Seattle could call in, or Jimmy from Grape Creek could call in and be like, Hi, Delilah. My wife's eyes gaze. It's like look gazing into the nighttime sky. Could you play? I will always love you. And Delilah would get on the radio with these like this voice, and she'd be like, "Yes, Jimmy, I will." <laughs> and so anyway, uh, so Samson found this girl, and her name was Delilah. And so Samson and Delilah kind of started hanging out. And there was a friendship, and they would, like, go to the camp store together, and Samson would be like, hey, Delilah. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> Samson would be like, hey, Delilah, how about a snow cone? You look awfully hot today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Samson, can I have a pickle, too? <laughs> you know, <laughs> real talk, y'all don't play. Y'all don't. Ladies, we know how to play it. And so they started hanging out, and they started building this friendship, and they started getting to know each other. And Samson's like, you know, trying to be cool, calm and collect. And he's walking down and he sees Delilah. And he's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, and, <laughs> I didn't practice my voices. And Delilah's walking down. She's like, oh, Samson. <laughs> you know? And so anyway, their friendship continues. And they eventually kind of sort of, well, actually, I don't know if they become a thing. But they're like BFF. Like, inseparable. And so, one day, the Philistines, everyone in the Philistines' camp knew that Samson was strong. And they're like, dude, what's the secret? Pre-workout? Protein bars? Does he eat lima beans for breakfast? What is it? And so the Philistine leaders knew 
that Samson and Delilah were like this. And so the Philistine leaders pulled Delilah aside one day and they said, hey, look, if you will figure out the secret to Samson's strength, we will give you 5,500 pieces of silver. Translation, that's about 5,000 American dollars. That's a grip load of snow cones and pickles from the camp store. I'm just saying, they wouldn't have to talk to homegirl twice. I'd be like, okay, deal, shake on it. And so Delilah starts thinking, how can I get this secret out of Samson? So she goes, I'll have Samson over. I'll prepare a nice dinner. We'll talk. We'll laugh. We'll get lost in each other's eyes. And so Delilah has Samson over for dinner. And maybe she makes some chicken strips like we had that tonight. Shout out to the kitchen ladies. Obviously, they were good. And so she makes dinner, and they talk, and they're hanging out, and they're laughing. And um, Delilah says, Samson, Samson, tell me. Why are you so strong? You know, she batting her eyelashes. She's doing it all up. And, and Samson tells her, well, I'm, I'm just not going to do voices. <laughs> okay, fine. Samson says, well, baby, if you were to take seven brand new bowstrings and tie them around me, I would be weak. So Delilah's like, Oh, Samson, you're just so strong. And maybe Delilah took Sharpie and wrote, I heart Samson on her arm. I don't know. But it goes like this. Delilah finds a way to excuse herself and go for a walk, right? So maybe Samson stays back and does dishes. We don't really know. Delilah goes for a walk and she's like, don't worry, I'll be back. So she goes for a walk, acting all innocent. And as soon as she gets out the house, she's like, shoom, <laughs> Philistine leaders. <laughs> she's like, text them ASAP, I got the goods. Because all she can think about is the money, right? Cha-ching. <laughs> Who cares about Samson? It's all about the cha-ching. So she meets up with the Philistine leaders and she says, look, if you get seven bowstrings and you tie him up with the bowstrings, he will be completely weak. Philistine's leaders, thank you. Here's the plan. Go home. When he falls asleep, tie him up with the seven bowstrings. Actually, they went and got the bowstrings from Walmart, H-E-B, whatever. And, and they said, tie him up with the bowstrings. And then when the coast is clear, when he's asleep, open the door. And then pretend that the Philistines are attacking. So Delilah's like, sure, no problem. So Delilah gets back from her walk and she says, Hey, Samson. Can I get you a pillow? You look awfully tired. And so it says, the story says that Samson falls asleep. Samson begins snoring. Delilah takes the seven bowstrings. How she sneaks them into the house, I don't know. She must have had one of the Michael Kors bags where you can fit like a million things in them. And so Samson falls asleep. He's snoring. He's had a lovely day with Delilah. And Delilah begins tying him up. Now, how Samson didn't wake up at this point, I don't know. Like, if someone's within five feet of my bunk bed at camp, I can see you through my eyelids. I just know that someone's there, whether you're looking at me or not, which is real convenient since I sleep right next to the bathroom door. But I I don't understand how Samson doesn't wake up. But he doesn't wake up. 
She ties him up. Then she goes and opens the door. And the Philistine leaders are there. And they walk in. And so they kind of gather around. They're tiptoeing. And this really strong man, this man who was able to kill a lion with his bare hands, this man who single-handedly defended himself against a thousand Philistines, is laying there helpless. And Delilah, dramatic event of the night. Ready? Oh, Samson, the Philistines are here. Samson wakes up, snaps the bowstrings off of him. Samson had lied to her. Everyone say, ooh. ooh. Everyone say, shady. Shady. Everyone say, time out. Wow. How many of you think that was super shady of Samson to lie to Delilah like that? No? So here's what happens. Delilah gives the batting eyelashes, the her, the pouty face. Come on, y'all know it. Give me your pot, best pouty face on three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, thank you for the help. I appreciate that one of you participating. And so Delilah says... Samson, why wouldn't you tell me? And he ignores her because he knows that nobody is supposed to know the secret to his strength. (coughs) Samson knows that since he was a young boy, he's been set apart to God. And there's special rules that he has to live himself by. But Delilah was relentless, nagging woman. And all the men in the house said, uh, you weren't supposed to say that, but okay. Right, they said it, not me. And so Delilah the next day, hey, Samson, how are you so strong all day long? Hey, baby, how'd you get those big muscles all day long? Pre-breakfast, post-breakfast, pre-lunch, post-lunch, pre-dinner. And finally, Samson says, enough, okay, fine, I'll tell you. It's my hair. If you cut my hair, I will be weak. Everyone say, oh, Samson. Oh, Samson! Everyone say, oh, Delilah. Oh, Delilah! So, we have a repeat. Samson comes over for dinner again. Why he's not figuring this thing out, I don't know. I guess this is what love does to you. And so, they have dinner, they laugh, they talk. And Delilah gets Samson to fall asleep. And he's snoring. This time, the Bible says that Delilah begins shaving his head. Now everyone say, time out. Time out! Okay, tying up with strings is one thing. Shaving head is a whole nother. Do you know what kind of noise that makes? I know, it goes like this. And you feel it right on your head, right? It's literally like a lawnmower to the hair on your head. And so Samson somehow stays asleep the entire time. And this time, the Philistine leaders brought the silver for Delilah. She goes and opens the door. And Samson is weak and helpless. He's, he's captured. Totally captured. The same man who killed a lion with his bare hands. The same man who defended himself against 10,000 Philistines. The same man who shattered seven bowstrings, which are actually really strong, like they were just rubber bands, could now do nothing. He was incredibly weak and helpless. Turns out, God meant what he said. They capture Samson. 
the Philistines take him. And they not only capture him, they gouge his eyes out. See, here's the thing. Don't miss this. When you give way to the enemy, when you listen to the enemy over the voice of God, when you do what the enemy wants you to do instead of doing what God wants you to do, when you do the wrong thing, when you refuse to listen, you not only lose your strength, you lose your ability to see. You can't see the truth. You cannot see the truth. Samson lost his physical eyes and they were gouged out. But you know what? When you and I give way to the enemy and we do whatever the enemy wants us to do, it's like our eyes spiritually get gouged out. And then we can't see. We can't see the truth. And when we can't see the truth, then we're bound because the Bible says that the truth is what sets you free. So if you can't see the truth, if you can't hear the truth, if you can't know the truth, there's no way you can be free because you have to have the truth to be free. And you make it really easy for your enemy. Because then, when we participate with the enemy, when we agree with darkness, when we practice, participate in sin, when we listen to the enemy's voice over God's voice, we not only lose our strength in Jesus Christ, but we lose our ability to see. Because then, all of a sudden, everyone else becomes a problem. Then, Tara's mad at Eva, because Eva's judging me. Then, Tara's mad at Marcy, because Marcy hurt my feelings. And Marcy's not for me. And then the problem becomes everyone else instead of my own sin. Whose fault was it that Samson lost his strength? It was Samson's. It wasn't Samson's daddy's fault. It wasn't even Delilah's fault. It was Samson's because Samson gave way to the enemy. And he did that through temptation. Samson became so consumed with Delilah that he couldn't think or see clearly. But you and I do that all the time. Man, Tara, if I could just have one cigarette, it would take the edge off. All of you would probably tell me, Tara, that's really whack. That's actually foolish. Right? But I tell myself that all the time, and you guys do the same thing. Man, if I just had a boyfriend, then I would feel loved. If I just had a girlfriend, then I could prove myself to the world that I'm a man, that I'm going to make something of myself. If I could just do this. And you have all of this noise, claiming your attention, commanding your attention. You have God saying, I love you, I'm for you, I love you, I'm for you. And you have the enemy who is as equally as loud saying, God hates you. He's forgotten you. He doesn't care. You have the God saying, make your days count. Number your days. Do what I've asked you to do. And you have the enemy in the other ear saying, who cares? Live for you. YOLO. Do what you want. You can repent afterwards and it's all a trap of the enemy because the enemy understands that if he can steal your strength and if he can steal your ability to see then he has you bound and that's right where he wants you because bound people cannot worship God in spirit and in truth bound people can't walk where God wants them to walk bound people can't hear God like he wants you to hear bound people can't serve God bound people can't love God Bound people can't love God. All bound people can do is be bound and be helpless. When you listen to the enemy's voice over the voice of God, you not only lose your strength, you lose your ability to see. 
you and I would be better off dead than to lose our strength and our ability to see. Samson's hair grew again. God still had plans for Samson. He would still use Samson. God doesn't use people who have it together. God uses people who are willing to be used. I'm no different than any of you. I have my struggles. I have my sin. God doesn't use people because they're perfect or they have it together. God uses people because they've surrendered to him and say, God, I'll do whatever you've asked me to do. God was still faithful to Samson. God still used Samson. They tied him up to two large pillars that held a large temple up. Remember the plan all along was God was going to free who? The, it starts with an I, ends with an S. Israelites. God was going to free the Israelites from the Philistines through Samson, right? So Samson is now in captivity, and at this point it seems like all hope is lost and story's over. Game over. Devil won another one. But that's not actually the case. Because in the midst of Samson's failure, in the midst of Samson's wrong choosing, in the midst of Samson's pride, in the midst of Samson's sin, God was still faithful. And God still used Samson. The ding-dongs who captured him didn't think, oh, we ought to give Samson a hair trim today. His hair's getting a little long, right? Like they just cut his hair out, gouged his eyes, said, God, I'm in captivity. They think they've won a deal. Meanwhile, Samson's hair starts to grow which means his strength starts to grow again. And they had him tied to two large pillars. And it says that Samson was able to break free. And he shattered those pillars. And when that happened, the temple fell and crushed not only Samson, but all the Philistines. And the Israelites were freed, just as God had said. God was faithful with his plan. Samson broke all of his vows. He broke all of his promises. He didn't take God's rules for himself seriously. But there was so much more that Samson missed out on because of his disobedience. Samson didn't exactly make his days count. Here's the truth. You and I will never get it always right. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Translation, we're going to jack things up. Failure is not final. Failure is not your name. Sin is not final because there is a God who is willing and ready to forgive you. It's all about what voice you listen to. I've had conversations in recent weeks with students. Someone asked me one time, Tara, how do you come up with your speeches so well it's really an interesting process I just pray and I listen and then whatever I hear I I write down because it's really it's nothing to do with me at all as a matter of fact my prayer every time is that you wouldn't see terror but that you would see Jesus and that you wouldn't hear terror but that you would hear Jesus and so this one student this one day said Huh. I said, what? Does God not talk to you? He goes, oh, no, miss. I said, oh, he does. He's talking all the time. 
He's talking all the time to you and I, but we miss it. We, we just miss it because we're paying attention to the wrong voice. We miss it. This student who I had this conversation with was at House of Faith last week. We were talking, we were, they were helping us. They were, they're, they're not from around here, but they were there on a mission trip. And um, he was telling me how his dad was Buddhist. That's a person who believes in Buddha and worships Buddha. And so I told this young man, I said, you know what? I said, God is going to use you to win your father to Jesus. I didn't come up with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I come up with dumb, wannabe funny stuff. You know, like barfing squirrels. That's the stuff that Terry comes up with, you know? Or, oh, precious platypus of the Pacific and pink on purple plat. Like, that's terror, yeah. So I'll explain that later. But I didn't come up with that. And so even when I told that student that, after it came out of my mouth, I was kind of like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Yikes. So fast forward, I go to this student's hometown. We have a bonfire, and we're hanging out and eating hot dogs, and then I'm going to teach them, and, and we'll do some worship. And it was fun. And it, it, was, it was great. And I wasn't thinking anything about the conversation I had just had with him last week. This is like a, a baby Christian who thinks that Jesus came out of a star because he just doesn't know. I mean, he's brand new in his faith. Well, this kid goes home and his life is different. Like his mom said, he's doing the dishes without me asking. There, there's something up with him. We get home Saturday night, Sunday morning at 1 o'clock in the morning. And he messages us and says, guys, great news, exclamation point. And I'm thinking, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, this better be about Whataburger or it ain't great news. <laughs> Some girl's trying to go to bed. And he says, my dad watched the video tonight on Facebook from the bonfire. And he wants to get saved. Now, don't tell me that God isn't real and that God isn't speaking. He's always speaking to you and I. And he knows what's best for us and he knows the truth. But the question for you and I is this. Who are we listening to? Because as long as you listen to the enemy, he hates you. As long as you listen to the enemy and as long as you listen to your friends who don't love Jesus, who don't know Jesus, as long as you choose not to listen to House of Faith people because they just get on your nerves and all we ever do is judge you guys. As long as you don't listen to the kitchen lady because I'm tired of her being in my space and praying for me, it will always lead to death and destruction. God is always, always, always talking. But are you listening? Are you listening? And what are you doing with what he says? It says in Hebrews, don't just listen to the word, but do what it says. Because if you listen to the word and do not do what it says, you are like the person who looks in the mirror and then walks away and quickly forgets what they looked like. What voice are you listening to? What are you doing with what you hear? Father, thank you for tonight. God, thank you for the story of Samson. God, thank you for the way you pursue us and you love us.
God, thank you that a failure is not final. God, thank you that you love to forgive us. You love to give us new hearts and you love to make us brand new. And God, you love to talk to us. You love to tell us incredible things. So God, I'm asking tonight that you would speak to everyone in this group tonight. She would give them ears to hear your voice above the others, God, that you would fine tune our hearing. God, that you would correct my hearing so that I may hear your voice above all the others. Teach us how to hear your voice, God. Give us hearts that are quick to obey. In Jesus' name, amen.